Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I am so glad that you're taking some time to listen and tune in today. And, you know, we are right in the middle of the COVID-19 global pandemic that has been sweeping our world with so much uncertainty and really a lot of fear and a lot of craziness, right? I mean, life has completely changed. So as it is right now, we have had school canceled for the rest of the year. Um, you know, in Oklahoma, we're in a shelter in place situation, which I know most states are in that situation as well. And really, um, we're seeing our world as we know it changing rapidly. In fact, our church is not meeting in person at the moment. We're doing everything online. And man, my whole world has been flipped, turned upside down, as I'm sure yours has been as well. And if you have kids, my heart goes out to you because we're in that exact same spot right now with our kids, just discovering something brand new, learning what it looks like to have community and have school and education from home. Man, it is, um, it's challenging. So I actually was really praying about this episode of the podcast and really just asking God, what's on your heart for me to share um, on this particular episode? And I just had the phrase come to me, is it ever bad to pray? I mean, is there ever a point in life when prayer is not helpful and maybe not effective? So today's episode is really all about prayer. So if you know me or you are like me, um, prayer is really important to you. So, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up feeling like prayer was important. I was the kind of person who made a, quote, prayer list from time to time. And what I would do is sit down every week or so and really just pray through my list. And I didn't even know what to say. I would just sort of stare at the names think about them, maybe ask God to help them and then move on to the next spot on the list. And, you know, I remember being in probably junior high when I was given the idea to do an impossibles list. And this was sort of my first introduction to God being the kind of God who answers prayer. And the impossibles list went like this. You made a list of things that were literally impossible in your world that you could not do. It would never be possible. And then you sort of submitted that to God and watched him, you know, wow you with his mystical power. At least that's kind of what I was thinking as my 12 year old self. So on my list, of course, at the top of the list was I want to meet Prince William. Now, this was in the 90s and he was one of the most famous celebrities you know, cutest guy out there kind of thing. I had a giant poster of him on my wall. I'm telling you way too much dirt on me. Um, And so I wanted to meet him because in my naivete, I believed that if we could just meet, he would be convinced that I would be the right future queen of England and it would be love at first sight. And that's how the story would go. Um, Man, am I glad that God did not answer that part of the prayer. But here on my list is I want to meet Prince William. Well, about a year later, my family decided to take a ski trip to Canada. And lo and behold, it was a resort where Prince William and his family would go. Maybe not the exact hotel, but the same mountain to ski on. And um, 
as luck would have it, actually, no, as God would answer this prayer, his family, Prince Charles, Prince Harry, and William, former Prince Harry, I guess at this point, um, they would all, they were skiing there. And I actually got to be at the base of the hill um, when he and his family came down on one of their runs. And so he walked right past me about 10 feet away. I got some great pictures on my disposable camera. Um, you know, they didn't turn out as great as I had hoped, but you can't tell what you're taking on those things. And and so that was it. Then the next day we were skiing again and his family came and ate lunch in the mountaintop ski lodge restaurant thing up there. Um, so we got to spy on him for that. And then, you know, I have not been in the same vicinity as him since. And that was sort of my introduction to prayer, as silly as that sounds, or maybe I should say that was my introduction to how God answers prayer. He answered almost everything on that impossibles list. The next thing on my list, besides meeting Prince William, was that I wanted my dad to give his life to Jesus. And at this point, he was absolutely not interested in walking out a faith journey with God. And um, here we are all these years later, 14 years ago, my dad gave his life to Jesus and he's been uh, actively serving his church and really loving Jesus ever since. So God is a God of the impossible. But it also begs the question, is there ever a bad time to pray? Here we are in the midst of this pandemic and everybody is praying and people are rallying prayer. And if you're in my church or you know me personally, you know we've been rallying prayer because we believe we need the mercy of God to come and intervene, even so our economy can get back on track so that people don't lose their businesses and their inheritances and their their fortunes, right? Like they're not just mass fortunes, but business owners, when you go a few weeks without business as usual, that does a, a real doozy on your numbers. So um, that's one of the reasons why we're praying and praying fervently. And so Jesus actually talked a lot about prayer. He modeled prayer to his disciples extensively. There's a lot of scripture about prayer. And I want to talk a little bit about specifically when prayer is not a good idea. Now, you might be listening to this right off the bat and saying, Rachel, that's ridiculous. Prayer is always a good idea. And I would say to you, yes, it's always a good idea, but how you pray is important. So when you pray matters, but how you pray is even more important. So is it ever bad to pray? Probably not, but absolutely there are ways that we pray that are not as effective as others. Let's look at how Jesus instructed us. So Matthew 6, 9 through 13, this is the Lord's Prayer scripture. And, you know, I've talked about this before, but um, the disciples were trying to figure out how Jesus's prayers were so effective. They were they were wanting to make sure they were praying the right thing. And so they ask him, Lord, you know, how should we pray? And he begins to instruct them. This is a pattern of prayer for you. He says, pray like this. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name or holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And this is the model of prayer. And if we broke this down, and for the interest of time, I'm not going to go verse by verse on it, but if we broke this down, you would see that there's a progression here that begins with acknowledging who God is. It begins with coming into his presence with reverence and understanding in our identity. And then it moves to the perspective where we are really going into um, the understanding that our will is not the most important thing. 
it comes into the place of your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, when we are praying, the best prayers, the most effective prayers are the ones that are patterned off of God's will, the ones that are in line with his word. And one of the things that, you know, Jesus says as he's doing his ministry in the gospels, he says, I only do what I see the father doing. And and he, and then he says in another scripture, if you've heard me speak, you've heard the father. Why does he say these things? Because Jesus came to be the exact representation of God, the father on the earth. So what does that mean? That means that God came on earth in the form of Jesus. You know, the son of God came in a human form so that we could see what our father is like. So Jesus demonstrated that when he prayed, he actually was praying what the father wanted him to pray. When he was speaking, he was speaking what the father wanted him to say. When he was ministering, he was doing the things that the father was showing him how to do. In other words, he was patterning his life off of God, letting God be his source and his leader. He wasn't just doing this because he's the son of God. He was doing this to model for you and I how to live our lives. So when we pray, you and me, it's important that we look to how God is praying about a situation, that we look to how God thinks and feels about it, that we understand that our prayers need to partner with who God is. So the Lord's Prayer is actually just one example of the different ways that um, Jesus talks about prayer. He also tells this parable of the persistent widow, right? In Luke 18, verses 1 through 8, we have this story of this woman who has been, uh, an injustice has been done to her, and she needs help, and she goes to this judge, and she just nags the crap out of him. I mean, she's nagging and nagging and nagging and nagging, and this is the attitude that Jesus paints this woman in, that he paints her as this annoying person. And eventually the judge renders a verdict on her behalf because he's so annoyed at this woman. He just wants to never see her again. And Jesus uses this story to say to you and me, it's like that when we pray, that we should pray with so much persistence, so much fervor, as if we're going to annoy God. Now he goes on to say that our father, a good and merciful judge, would not be annoyed with us, right? I'm paraphrasing, but he's not going to be um, wanting to get away from us and therefore answer our prayer. That's not God's heart. But the intention of the woman to persist, to persevere, to continue to pray is absolutely important. There are other ways to pray. There's travailing prayer. There's prophetic prayer. There is um, declaring prayer. There's praying the scripture. There's so many different ways to pray, but there's one way to pray that I've found that is actually maybe destructive. Why is it destructive? Because it's wasting the time that we should be devoting to praying what God is actually wanting to happen in our lives. And this would be the type of prayer that's all about you. It's all about me. These are the types of prayer that is my will be done. Okay, yeah, God, you know, your will, you want your will to be done, but but I have a will that I want to see done as well. And, and when we move into this perspective, we actually begin to sort of like try to control the spiritual atmosphere around us by how we're praying. So this is a really fine line, and it's something that we sort of just have to carry in our hearts, leave it as a check in our spirit kind of deal, become aware of it so that as we're praying, we're checking ourselves and asking the Holy Spirit to check us too. God, is this your will or is this something that I want? 
Now, here's the amazing thing about God. Sometimes he's like, hey, what do you want? And you get to pray that and God will let it come to pass. But a lot of times, and especially right now, when we're in the midst of this global pandemic situation, what we should be praying is what God is praying. And so we can, you know, maybe this is a bold and sort of audacious way to say it, but we can almost be wasting our time praying something that is not in line with what God wants done. Now, here's another way that prayer can actually not be beneficial, and it's when we are asking God to do something he has already told us he would do. Now, let's get specific on that. Let's take provision, right? Matthew 6, Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry about what's going on in your life. Don't worry about where your food is going to come from or where your clothes are going to come from. Trust God, right? That's what Jesus is telling us. There is this theme that God is our provider. But a lot of us worry and pray in a way that's almost begging God to provide for us. So why is this not effective? Because God has already promised to provide for you. He's already promised to help you. And so when we're asking him and begging him, God, please, would you help me? Oh, God, please, I, I, you know I need this. Oh, Lord, I'll do anything. God, I, I'll pray every day. I'll fast for the next five days. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my firstborn kid, you know, whatever the, the feeling of desperation says in that moment. We're almost praying against a brick wall because God has already promised Now, again, this goes back to that fine line thing I was telling you about, because yes, we do need God to provide for us sometimes, right? I mean, there are absolutely times where bills are due and we're going, how do we do this? How do we get this need met? And so it is okay to pray for your provision. It's just the way you pray about it matters. If all we're doing is begging God for something that he has already promised, well, we might not be getting the answers that we're looking for. Jesus promises, the Father promises to provide for you, but he doesn't promise which stream the resource is going to come from. I I love this picture. You know, it's the idea that Elijah, right? I I forget the reference and I apologize for that, but Elijah is, um, is being fed by birds. I mean, this story is crazy. If you don't think the Old Testament is, is a good read, I'm sorry, you must not have been reading the same one as me. These stories are outlandish. They're crazy. They're entertaining. They're wild. And Elijah is being fed by these birds who are bringing him food and he's drinking from this river. And they're in the midst of a a countrywide famine. It's a really difficult time and the river dries up. And so he asks God, where is my provision going to come from now? And God instructs him of where to go. What's amazing about this story is that it's not in Elijah to start blaming God for not being a provider when the river dries up. Elijah doesn't immediately turn and say, wow, God, you said you were going to do this, but here clearly you're not. He understands that the provision is promised, but the allocation or where it comes from is, is, you know, up to God's will at different seasons in our life. So I just want to challenge you as you're thinking about how you're praying, you know, if you're praying protection over your family, well, God has already promised that you are not going to lack anything in him. Does that mean that you won't get the virus or you won't get sick? Of course not. If you know my testimony, you know, that's not really true. One of the things that I really, really struggled with, and I'll I'll just be honest and, and vulnerable for a moment 
when I was going through some of my health situations, you know, I've had bilateral pulmonary embolisms, which are, you know, lots of blood clots inside of your lungs. It's a very dangerous situation. I've had a, a really critical um, bacterial infection that uh, almost took me to be septic. And I've had just a lot of issues that have caused, you know, me to be hospitalized and had some, some repercussions after the fact. And, you know, I went through this season where I really struggled to believe Psalm 91 because I just felt like, God, you know, you didn't keep me from harm. Here I've been, you know, in a very harmful situation more times than I can count. And, and, and so you didn't keep me from the harmful situation. Yes, of course, you kept me alive. But it almost felt like I don't know how to believe that scripture. And as I wrestled through that with the Lord, as I dealt with my feelings, as I took it to him and said, God, teach me how to view my life now because these scriptures don't feel truthful to me. What happened was I began to see that his provision looks different in different seasons because he's up to something in every season of our life. So right now, as you're praying, you know, and you're praying over your family to be safe through this virus, you're praying over your loved ones, you're praying over your finances if you've been going through a difficult time, how you pray really matters. I encourage you to come into a deeper place of relationship through your prayers. Come into a deeper place of relationship with God where you begin to talk to him, Lord, I need provision in this time. Teach me how to understand you as a provider in this season of my life. That's just as powerful of a prayer as saying, God, please, please, please provide for me. So when you pray, uh, and you should pray often, it's important to remember the how that you pray. So let's go back to our original question. Is it ever bad to pray? Well, I would challenge you, and maybe I'm going out on a limb. Maybe I'm saying something that's you know not necessarily you're going to agree with, but it's bad to pray when all of your prayers are selfishly motivated and when they're begging God for something he's already promised to do. Because honestly, it's hard for God to answer those prayers. When we're only praying for our will to be done, not his, we're in a cataclysmic clash because God is committed to executing his will in your life. And the beautiful thing is when your will lines up with his, right? That's when we get these verses, like I believe it's Psalm 16 that talks about um, the boundary lines being drawn in beautiful, pleasant places and, and, um, God giving you the desires of your heart. And these scriptures speak beautifully, but the desires of your heart come when your heart is surrendered to him. So when we're praying and we're only praying our own will, um, it can be actually kind of dangerous. I, I want to say one more thing um, for our last few minutes together today. You know, control in the kingdom of God is not legal. What do I mean by that? I, I mean that the only control that's legal in God's kingdom is self-control. So, you know, if you've read my book, uh, I wrote a book, I put it out last year. It's called You'll Get Out of It When You Learn to Love It, uh, a really dicey title in the day and age we're living in right now, but what can you do? And, um, and so in this book, I actually talk extensively about the process with God, how to engage with God and a lot about how God does not seek to control your life. There's a, an entire chapter devoted to this idea that God is actually not in control. He's only in control when we give him permission to be in control. What does that mean? That means when I say to God, you can have my life, I give you control. 
Otherwise, he does not move you around like some pawn on a chessboard. That's just not who he is. And so when we talk about prayer and we talk about, you know, being bold and audacious in our prayer life, praying dangerous prayers, praying, you know, moving the kingdom forward through our intercession, it's absolutely important to recognize that we cannot have any control in our words and in our language. We cannot be trying to push our agenda on someone else through prayer. It's only effective when it's God's will that we're envisioning and declaring coming to pass here on earth. There is such a thing as spiritual witchcraft. I know a lot of people would say, what does that even mean? Well, witchcraft, you know, the the spirit of witchcraft is actually the same spirit as control. It's basically trying to use a source of power to get about your desire, to bring about your perceived outcome. That is the essence of control. You know, this is why witchcraft is dangerous in the kingdom of God as well, because it actually causes us to think that we are controlling God with our prayers. It can make us think that we should be able to say something in such a way and then tack on in Jesus name at the end of it. And it should come true. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. It's through relationship, it's through understanding, it's through making sure it's God's will, not our will. It's, it's a very complex thing to pray and have your prayers be effective. That's why the Bible tells us the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. Why? Because the righteous person has decided to live their life on God's precepts. What's a precept? It's a way. It's God's way. When we decide to live our life on God's way, we actually um, get to see our prayers take flight like never before. Why? Because we're no longer praying our own selfish motivation. We're praying God's will. So I hope this is helpful for you. My intention in this episode really is just to stir you up to get excited to pray and to pray effectively. Uh, You know, it's my personal conviction that we're going to see the hand of God intervene in this COVID-19 thing. Um, I believe that with every fiber of my being, I believe that he's going to bless our natural efforts of social distancing and all that. But I also think there's going to be some divine intervention that comes and I'm excited to see that happen, even though it's going to require our prayers to pull that down, because obviously the enemy does not want us liberated in this day and age. He's terrified because the end is coming. I'm not saying the end is necessarily coming in our lifetime. I'm just saying the days are counting down where he will be judged eternally. And uh, the Bible says that the enemy is going to actually be stripped of his immortality. He'll be stripped of all of his supernatural abilities. And let me just tell you, the kingdom of darkness is not excited about that day. So they're pulling out all the stops. But we as the sons and daughters of God, those of us who are in Christ Jesus, man, we get to be um, shining stars in the midst of this, partnering with heaven and being the vessels God used uses, excuse me, to bring his ways to earth. It's an exciting time to be alive. I I encourage you to pray like never before um, and to really challenge yourself to pray deeper, more heartfelt, more sincere prayers. All right, everybody, that's all we've got for today. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.